With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Two minutes and then I'll do a quick video. Thank my Patreons. I got two new Patreons. Recorded live. We're not live yet. That's just, we're live on the phone in, but, uh. Got to do my patron spill on here. All right, there's the dashboard. There's that. All right, ready? Yep. <clears throat> Actually, let me get my earbuds. All right. Oh, they're in my pocket. Cool. Hey, is my face too far away from the, uh, the computer? Or am I good? You're good. Okay. Yeah, you're good. I got to go get on the scale <laughs> Uh-oh. to see what I'm at. I'm getting, I'm gaining muscle. Come on, mass. Come on, get it and get out of here for real. You didn't start yet, did you? No, not that official. Okay. No. Cameron's in here getting Call of Duty. Get out. Mm-hmm. Black cops. Modern warfare. Let me double check this mic too, man. I don't want to. All this background stuff. Are you good? Stop. All right, Derek's mic. Check one, two. Check yours. Check, check, check. One, two, three. Turn down just a little bit. Am I good? So I really talk like this. Check yours. Check. Really good. Sound good? Can you hear me? Yeah. Let me listen to the playback right quick. All right. All right, here we go. All right, so stop stream. You're watching it.
Yo, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? We're tuned into another live broadcast of the Truth Seeker Podcast. I'm excited to be here, delighted as well. Got an awesome show planned. Gonna give you guys some inside looks, some backstory about alchemy, true hallucinations, right? Um, the magic of an alchemist. And so the person that I'm gonna be speaking with tonight, we 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 go far back. And uh, have, he has seen my transformation through spiritual alchemy, and I've seen his in and out of religion and playing around and coming back to and flirting, things like that. And just understanding what we want to do with life, what the path is that God, the most high creator, has for us and trying to manifest that. So we got some some tips we're going to be covering. We're going to be talking about psychedelics as well and how they have impacted our lives and very excited about this show tonight this is going to be an uncandid uh show so before we go any further i always have to say a huge thank you to all the pa- patrons everybody who's supporting my work at patreon.com backslash truthseeker there you can sign up at any level of giving and support what we're doing i'm now doing this full-time the podcast is free for you guys to listen to, but it's not free to create. It takes a lot of money, time, effort, and energy to put into this. And also, most of you guys know I'm a musician. I'm a hip-hop artist, and I speak about all of the things that are on this podcast, the topics and things like that, where we're talking about the spirit realm, spirit travel, psychedelics, any and everything that has to do with spirituality. I talk about that stuff in my music, and there you can access my entire discography for any level of giving and you get cool stuff. So you get rewards and I can't go any further without saying a huge thank you to this week's patrons. And I want to say a huge shout out to Josh Austin who signed up this week and became a member and also Adam Starseed Bay. So it's so cool that I'm actually building relationships with these people on Facebook and stuff. So when you become a pa- patron, you get access to the patron-only Facebook group, and there you guys can um, request guests to have on the show, and uh, we have a lot of discussion over there. So it's it's a, it's essentially a family that we're building. So I want to say a huge thank you to everybody who believes in my work and wants to see this stuff continue. You guys mean the world to me. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on tonight's guest, Andrew Gower. Drew Gower, what's up, my brother? What's up, bro? How are you? I'm well, man. It's Looking good, to good see- bro. Looking good. Looking good. <laughs> Thanks to you, Drew. <laughs> hey, bro. Hey, try. Okay, so Drew is down now from right under 400 pounds to he weighed in, I think, today or yesterday at what, 202? Morning, 202 pounds, bro. 202. Uh, yeah, and that's 186 pounds, and the fourth of this month was 17 months. 17 so, months. Yeah. yeah. Hard work, dedication pays off. Um, my, I know, I know your hashtag right now in the movement that you have is hashtag No Days Off. That's what you're branded. That's what you're pushing. My hashtag, and they go together, but hashtag consistency, man. Just whatever whatever you're doing to be consistent with it, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's a lot of hard work. You know, people ask all the time, like, 
how do you do it or whatever. Like, it's a big secret. There's no secret, man. It's really just hard work, whatever you're willing to dedicate yourself to. And, um, you know, hard work pays off if you uh, not give up. I like the fact that you use the word secret, right? Because that's a big thing in, uh, you know, in the movements and stuff, the the secret. And what we're going to talk about tonight is the secret behind the secret. So we've all watched that documentary. Many of us have read that book. And it's about the law of attraction, the law of manifestation, which the secret touches on a bunch of beautiful things about uh, visualizing things and, and seeing them come to manifestation in your own life. And um, they, they, they just tell you just to think about it, but it's, it's a lot more. They kind of leave it at that, right? And so obviously, if you was to, to think about losing weight or your dream job or where you want to be with your family, um, just thinking about it. I mean, how far does that get you? I mean, you can have the best intentions of the whole world. Like, this world is full of good intentions. And, um, but if, like, you don't do anything with that, if you don't, like, put the work in, um, that's all it's going to ever be is just an intention. You know, up to 17 months ago, like, I was overweight my whole life. Like, I had all these big, huge, seemed like obstacles to me at the time, but the biggest one was myself. But I was so big, but I always wanted to be small. Like I used to dream, I would have like lucid dreams of me being skinny and being fit and being active and being able to do these things. But it seemed to me at the time that it was as far away as like some people dreaming they could fly. Like it seemed like that far-fetched, like I wasn't possible. And um, honestly, I was doing this like more or less out of just persistence out of maybe um even like a religious tradition to where i was working out and i was eating right and i was doing it for like six months before i believed that i could before i believed that it was ever going to make a difference there was some kind of hope in me that if i just kept doing it i kept doing it i kept doing it like i was either going to kill myself or like it was going to pay off one of the two because like i was that determined and after about five or six months i started noticing results like i started seeing changes in my body I started, like, my clothes started getting bigger. I was able to, like, do, you know, be more active and do things. And once I started seeing results and I started believing in myself and believing that I could, I had to. Like, I had to see how far I could get. Because, then, you know, this was never about weight loss. It was never about me, like, oh, I want to be, like, a certain number, or me, like, whatever. It was never about weight loss. It was always about me finding the confidence within myself to be able to achieve anything I want to. And when you find that, like, the possibilities are endless, not just with your health, but with your job, like the dreams that you have for your life, like, it's endless. We always talk about uh, if you want to create that life for yourself, and we always talk about do something today, plant a seed today that you would want to manifest, maybe not tomorrow, maybe a week from now plant the seed, do something, toil the ground, break up that hard ground, do something today that you want to manifest later. So if you want to land that dream job, and when we say dream job, we're, we're literally talking about the dream that you had when you was a child that many of us have given up on, which is the whole uh, story of the alchemist to recapture the dream, right? Many of us have given up on, but do something today that you want to manifest tomorrow, however, how big or how small it is, 
whether it's to go to the gym for the first time, whether it is to, you know, write a song or start, start writing, or, you know, if you want to write a book, many people have uh, stories within them and, and inspiration that they want to give out that they can help people, but they have to do something. They have to put that pen to the paper. Right. Definitely. And, you know, a lot of times like, I, I actually heard a quote, like, you know, people live their lives in fear and they disguise it as practicality. Like, this is just what normal people do. Like, we go to work nine to five and, you know, they're afraid to take any shots or they're afraid to, like, take any chances or any risks, like, with their life. Like, it's practicality. But really, they just call it practicality and it's just fear within themselves. Like, fear to, you know, go that extra mile or, you know, it, it doesn't matter what it is. Like I said, you know, the no days off movement, it's not just about weight loss. Like when I started with me, it's not like I'm going to work out every day, like a no days off literally type thing. It's an idea. It's a mindset that you give within yourself that like, no matter what, like if this is a passion, something I'm going to pursue with my life, a dream that like, you know, I've had ever since I was a kid or uh, maybe just an aspiration to follow, follow your dreams or do something you've never done before. It doesn't matter what it is. Like it's a mindset to continually go after that and not take no for an answer. You know, I'm so tired of people just like floating through life and letting life happen to them. And um, something I've learned, man, like I, I'm hurt. I had, you know, I, I feel defeat all the time. Like there's stuff that I go through. I have my own inward battles, but these battles that I'm fighting, I choose. And you can live your whole life and you can choose what you hurt for, or you can just let the whole world continue hurting you while you do nothing about it. Um, that definitely shows like empathy because it's not just you. If it was all just about you and, Hey, I'm this successful guy. Now um, I'm all good. I'm, I'm, I'm living the life that I want to live. I'm, I'm, sh- I'm shedding the weight, but you have this burden to go back and help others. Right. And that, that's a, a huge difference when, when people have an awakening or they achieve some type of goal, we want to go back and say, Hey, this is how it, this is how it works. Like this work for me, this is all I can give you. I've tried many other ways. I've tried thinking about it. I've tried praying about it. All is good. You have to think about it. You have to pray about it, but then you have to put, you, ha- you have to put the work in. You have to put your hand to the plow and start doing the work. And life is, is, is an example and is experience and hard work pays off. It really does. And I want to, I want to kind of go back because you're at a particular place now, but if we can go back and tell the story, because me and you met, I want to say maybe 2004, maybe a little early. Is that? I think I'm thinking 03, maybe. Oh, yeah. three. Wow. Even. Oh yeah. So me and me and Drew were uh, really big into, uh, the youth group <laughs> churches <laughs> came up in youth ministry and things like that. And I, I did um, essentially Christian evangelism as a, um, a Christian hip hop artist. And, uh, and you know what I'm saying? Did that uh, in the early years and, and Drew played on the worship team and, and he did music and we, we played in some bands together and um, some Christian hardcore metal bands and good stuff. Awesome memories. And uh, a lot of just a heck of a journey. And then I think we had we maybe had a fallout for a couple of years and uh, and life happens. And we we both took a, a, a turn. And um, I think when I a couple of years later, I 
got with you and you, you did the church thing and ministry stuff for a while. And then next time I talked to you, you were taking trips back and forth from Mobile, Alabama to Atlanta partying on the weekends. And this was totally unlike the Drew that I like the church guy who uh, plays in the, in the worship band and, and stuff like that. So I don't know how far you want to go into that. I know you said we wanted to be really candid and, uh, and, and talk about some things tonight. So I'm going to let you use the discretion there. But um, as far as you, you, you want to go, I'm, I'm willing to go with you, man. But let's, let's talk about, you know, where, where, you know, where you were in, in the youth group and church ministry and that whole structure. And then you can kind of set the story up if you want. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, my wife and I, we actually met um, in a Christian Bible college. Um, you know, our goal, our life's intent was to, you know, to help people, really. Um, we ended up getting uh, really hurt by a church that we were involved with. And, you know, what? like, looking back on it now, it seems so, um, mainly, like, maybe, maybe just, like, meaningless. Like, maybe just, like, like why did it, it matter so much to me at the time? Uh, but that was the bubble that I was in. And sometimes like when your bubble bursts and that's all you have in life, like you don't know what to do. Um, before I go too into this, I want to kind of give like a, a little precursor. Um, anything that I talked about as far as like, you know, we're going to get in, I'm going to talk about some addictions some things like this. And it goes much farther than just food or whatever. But this is my story. Um, I've actually thought about telling the story many times. I've actually thought about um, how much do I really want to share? And the way that I look at it is like, if I've gone through a valley or I've gone through weakness or defeat in my life, and I'm able to speak about it now because I've overcame certain situations. And if that helps somebody maybe where they're at or where they were or whatever it might be, then I don't feel like there's any mistakes. I don't feel like things happen just because. And I feel like if that were to help somebody, um, then it wouldn't be just in vain. Like I wouldn't have just done those things, but because I overcame, because I'm allowed to share my testimony now uh, of the victory that I have in my life, not just with addiction, but with, with everything. Um, there's a lot of freedom that comes with victory in your life. But if somebody else gets something from this, then it's all completely worth it. Well, I, I want to I say this just to kind of back you up right there. Um, we're seeing a lot of um, victory in those areas by being open with things that we've been told don't let the world see your struggle don't let them see your bad side don't let them see the chinks in your armor and things like that and you have to kind of polish your story up make it presentable and, and things like that but we've been seeing a lot we've been covering a lot of ground and a lot of people have been responding by just being open to be okay you were a christian you were in the youth group you were doing this you were doing that um whatever your story is and not to, to make edits along the way, but just be open because that's what people are resonating with. And we, we've been seeing a lot of um, awesome things with people responding, whether it was, you know, some of the things that you're going to talk about. But go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, getting back to that, when me and Derek had reconnected, uh, it was, you know, we we had gotten hurt by a church like we were I, I believe we were still living with my uh, my wife's mom at the time. Uh, we were in a really bad place financially. We feel like just, we felt like just like everything in our lives were like falling apart at the time. Um, I remember questioning God, like, you know, God, if you're so great, then why would you let this happen? Um, and not only did like, I didn't want to be in ministry after we got hurt by a church. Not only did I not want to like 
you know, do those things that I once used to, but I didn't even want to be like a Christian anymore. Like I felt at that point, like, man, like, what is the point? Like, this is not worth it to me. And I know that sounds so like, you know, mediocre, maybe uh, childish to some, but that's where I was. And I think every, you know, every person has their weak moments. Um, <clears throat> when we were living with her mother-in-law, I had um, somebody in my life that I was not connected to at the time, uh, very important to me. And they had reconnected to me and they were living in Atlanta at the time. And I remember like, it was so important for me because I felt like I hadn't uh, spent time with this person in so long. And I felt like, like, this is it. Like I want a relationship with this person so bad. Um, and I remember, you know, they did all they could to connect with me and reach out to me. And like, I want to help. I got the answer, whatever, like whatever it was. And um, I remember one weekend they came uh, they came down. We were living in Alabama at the time. They picked us up and we went to New Orleans for the weekend. And I just remember being so happy that like we were even together because like this person meant so much to me at the time. <clears throat> and it really didn't matter to me at the, you know, at that moment, like what was going on. I was just happy to be there, happy to be um, in their presence and was just was just thankful like for the first time in a long time like it was something new to me it was refreshing to be in their presence and like talk to them and you know for somebody that was missing that out of so much out of their life like for you know so many years before it was it was nice it was kind of a hope for me uh personally on the inside um but when we went to new orleans that night uh we were introduced to uh it was it's called molly it's a street slang term for ecstasy um the way it was offered i'll never forget it was like offered almost like i don't know if you've ever seen the matrix but it was like something that would completely change your life if you just took a chance and tried and um i'll never forget that that night, that moment, it was like, I still look back on it to this day and it was like life changing. Um, I remember it was just like complete and utter rest. I remember like worries, doubts, fears, everything that I'd held on to for those past few years because I'd been hurt and I felt like I was struggling so much with everything that was in my life. Like all these things that I was feeling just like suddenly went away. And I felt complete love, I felt complete peace, felt complete joy, and I felt so connected to everybody that was around me. Um, I mean, it was truly, like, life-changing. I mean, still to this day, I'll talk about it that way, because at the time, that I felt like that was, you know, I mean, not necessarily what I needed, but that was what I needed to feel, uh, in a sense, if that makes any, you know. Yeah, let me let me cut you off here, though. Did you feel that? in church because i know i did 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 you have those encounters in the presence of god and things in church as well but leading worship absolutely absolutely i mean it was almost in the same sense of uh spirituality um when i talk about complete peace complete joy i mean um as christians we know i mean that comes from the holy spirit like you know he he is our he's the lifter of our head and um 
but in the same sense, like I got that same feeling, but it, it was different. It wasn't like, you know, you can, you know, the difference between something that's like through discernment, something that's real and something that's like man-made or, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, but I definitely felt that growing up. I mean, but this was different. And when I say different, it wasn't like a good or a bad different. It was just different. Um, but I remembered it was like, you know, they say, you know, scientists and whatever, like they say, like, it's not something that you can be addicted to ecstasy or MDMA. Uh, I would highly, highly disagree. Um, that feeling or whatever that you might get from that substance uh, is definitely something people would be addicted to. You know, you might not be physically addicted to it. Your body might not be like craving it. Um, but your mind definitely will. Uh, your body definitely will because like that feeling is pretty much whatever you can think like heaven would feel like physically, like that's what it's like, uh, that experience. Uh, and it was so great for me at the time <clears throat> uh, just to not have to feel, you know, the the brokenness that I was feeling. Um, I remember that night uh, we wrote down like all these goals that I had for my life, like all these things that I wanted to do. Um, and for once, like I, I could, I could think clearly. And I wasn't bound by my own voices in my head, you know, saying that I wasn't worthy, I wasn't good enough for all these things. And uh, I just, just complete peace, complete rest, like that whole night, um, I will continue probably to say the rest of my life, uh, truly was a change for me. <clears throat> so uh, it's, it's, it's crazy that it's very similar to the, the church story. Yeah, you know, in in this this euphoric encounter that you had, uh, life changing. I remember going, having church services, and writing down the goals, right? You know, and hey, man, I had this awesome euphoric encounter with this presence, with this God, and I'm going to write down these goals and make these changes to my life. And um, and, and I I. It's so funny that it like for some it would have the same impact, but the environment is totally different. And so me and you talked about this. This is one thing that I said. I want you to continue the story, but I'm going to go here. Um, we, we talked about how when you were I think you were maybe still in the scene a little bit when, when we were talking. And um, I was telling you about the drug scene and I referred it back to the Christian hardcore metal scene, right? Because in those scenes we had, when we went to shows, we, we did shows all over town and we'd see kids there. We'd see people there. Kids is what you call people who go to shows. We'd see kids, people there and, uh, and we'd hang out and we were friends at the show. What's up, dude? Oh man, you were at the Norma Jean show. Oh yeah. You were at the under oath show. Yeah. And when you go to the shows, you see that guy, Hey, it's that guy. And you guys are friends. You may exchange numbers. You call every now and then. Hey, you going to be at the so-and-so show? Yeah, man. And you build a friendship. But it's only, would you come to find out, if you're a part of that scene. And I talk about the church scene. You go to church, and, and there's a guy who stands by the door. He shakes your hand every Sunday. He gives you a hug. He, he tells you a joke. You know, and, and all these people who sit behind you, they shake your hand. They hug your neck. You may exchange numbers. You talk a little bit, but only 
if you're part of that scene, the same thing with the, the drug scene, the MDA, the MDMA scene and the rave scene, those scenes, I don't think they call them raves anymore, but uh, <laughs> the EDM scene, let's just say that. Um, and so those people are your friends when you're there, but when you leave the scene, the church being the scene, the hardcore Christian metal scene, the drug scene, whatever scene it is, those people fall off. Right. And that's something yeah. to look about, like the reality is like, OK, are these people really my friends? Because I'm connecting with these people here. And like you said, you want to believe that the church people love me. The drug scene people, I want to believe that they're really my friends. And when they say, I love you, dude, Drew, I effing love you, man. And I know you heard that time and time again. <laughs> and uh and you, you want to believe that and i spent me in the church i want, totally want to believe when i would have conversation with guys on the phone christian brothers and they would say it on the phone when we hung up hey bro i love you and i'm like i'm on the other end and i gotta say i, I love you too man but i had to, i remember the first time that happened to me and i had to think about it do i really love this dude i do love you man and, and hang up and then i found out when whether my beliefs didn't line up to theirs or whatever the case was, they kicked me to the curb. I was no longer a part of that scene, right? And that and that love that I thought was there really wasn't, man. And I know we talked about that when you were going through that stuff. But uh, um, I want you to just go just about to just talk a little bit about the acceptance part because you you were talking about how you've been big your whole life and you've had nightmares essentially of being skinny and waking up still trapped in your body and you would go to the scene and they didn't care how big you were. They yeah. were hugging you, hanging on you, men, women, then they were just, they accepted you for who you are. Talk a little bit about that. So after that first experience, like I said, it was, it was like, a, you have to do it. You did it once and it was like, you're hooked. Like just the feeling of like not feeling however you're feeling. You know, people don't do drugs because they're addicted. They do drugs to escape their own reality. They do drugs to escape their own pain or whatever it might be. Um, <clears throat> so we started making regular visits to Atlanta, uh, where this person was that was in our life at the time. Um, and the more and more that we went, the more and more, you know, number one drugs that we were doing, but the more experiences that we were having. Um, this person was a resident DJ in Atlanta. So, you know, he was like top notch up there, like, Everybody knew who he was. Um, amazing creative artist, probably one of the most creative people I've ever met in my whole life, uh, which is really sad um, in some ways because of some of the decisions that he's made. Uh, but I will say the first time um, he took us to a club, you know, they don't really call them raves anymore. I think that's a bad precursor, you know, bad text, but. Uh, first time we went to a club, we went to a club called the Quad in Atlanta. <clears throat> and I remember walking in and, you know, we had taken Somali in the car on the way there. And we were walking in, like, it was all like starting to, you know, hit me like a ton of bricks. And just like looking around and like everybody there, it was probably like the most acceptance I had felt in my life. Um there was not one person there with negative, uh, anything negative to say. There was not one person there with anything negative to feel about themselves or about others. Uh, the connection that was there between the people uh, was amazing. Like, you know, it didn't matter who it was. Like 
Everybody was giving everybody compliments. Everybody was giving everybody hugs, love, all these things. Now, granted, this is all drug-related. And just like you were talking about, like, with the shows and with churches, like, you're seeing these people. And, yeah, I love you, bro. I love you, bro. Um, it's really just it's it's all drug-related. Like, you know, everybody there, you are the minority there if you're not on drugs. Um, I remember actually one of the cases we were at a club and this girl came up to me and she goes, what is wrong with everybody here? And I looked at her and I was like, go ask around for about five minutes. She came back to me an hour later and she was like rolling so hard that her teeth were grinding. Mm. She goes, thank you so much. And I just remember like at the time I was like, yeah, I did something good. You know what I mean? But looking back on it now, I was like, man, some of the things that I've gone through, I've been through my life. Uh, yeah. You know, it's hard for me to talk about. It really is out of respect for my parents because I love them. Yeah. But like I said it before, I think by sharing the stories that have happened, the stuff that I've gone through, I because there's not, you know, the stories that I'm telling, like, I'm going to share the end of this and it, it doesn't end up well. Yeah. You know, there is no like bright light at the end of this tunnel because um, when we make choices like this, uh, we go after these things that are completely meaningless for our own selfish pleasure, like pleasures, like it never turns out good. Um, to make a very, very long story short, um, I will sum it up and say um, probably for the next year and a half, we were making these trips to Atlanta. Um, probably every weekend we were doing these drugs and it didn't stop at MDMA. It didn't stop like, you know, yeah, we got to understand MDMA, but um, you know, you want to talk about a checklist, like these checklists were being checked pretty much periodically. Um, it's not something that I can look back at and be at all proud of. Um, you know, it's not something that I regret. I don't feel like anything happens for, you know, any reasons. I feel like there's good that can come out of everything. Yeah. Uh, but I will say that I wasted a lot of time in my life. Um, time that I could have spent on others, time that I could have spent on myself, bettering myself and going after the things that I really want. Because at the time that what was in front of me meant, you know, it seemed like it meant so much more, like it was, you know, so big to me at the time. I look back on it now, it was just, just meaningless, just, you know. Talk about, you know, the night after or the day after, the days after, because you're having this awesome encounter and it seems beautiful where it almost seems like we're promoting it. They're like, I want to be connected. I yeah. want to feel like I'm in touch with everyone that people love me. I'm, I may try it. People are thinking this, right. But talk a, a little bit about the next days because essentially what is happening, you're getting a rush of dopamine, a rush of serotonin, all the inhibitors in your body that respond to pleasure, they're all being uh, infiltrated and, and being shot with dopamine instantly. So, yeah, you feel like, oh, the things that you have to work for and do in your life that, that give you that, that natural dopamine, right? It's released throughout our body and our brain uh, that, that come naturally. You're getting a rush of it. And then the next day, you're burnt out. Your right. emotions are all out of whack. It's hard to respond to conversations. It's hard to, to, to feel, to move on. Talk a little bit about the crash that comes the next day after a night like that. Yeah, definitely. You're talking about like instant gratification. Like that's what it is. Um, but your body doesn't produce that as quick as you're using it when you're using those exactly. types of drugs. 
Um, the crash is probably two to three days long. When I say crash, like I'm talking about muscle spasms, muscle aches. Um, you, you're not being able to like think clearly or focus really on anything. And um, you just, it's like a three day long hangover, like one of the worst hangovers you've ever had. And then the depression that comes along with that is, uh, I, it's unspeakable. Um, you know, dopamine, serotonin, all, all these things that are inside your body, those are things that like naturally help you um, overcome those types of feelings. And when they're depleted, there's no way to overcome those feelings. So, you know, I remember the depression being so bad. It was almost like um, debilitating. Like you, you, I mean, some days I didn't even want to get out of bed. And the crazy thing was, is like after that, like after all that happened, the next weekend I wanted to do it again. It didn't matter to me the price that I was paying or the price that my body was paying because that instant gratification at the time seemed so important. Um. It's the instant gratification. That's that's with everything, and that's totally what what drugs do, right? You get the, you get an instant boost, and it, you're supposed to work for that. Like that, almost the dopamine is like a reward system for the body. I do good. I feel good. I work out. You know, like it's like I told you earlier, man. Like you have inspired me to start working out again. I started losing control, especially with my, the driving job that I had, man, slamming cheeseburgers for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, dude. Like it was getting bad, dude. And, um, and I, and you know, my, my weight started getting away from me and to see the transformation that you made and, and you weighing in around 205 or something. I'm like, wow, he's closing in. I can see 240, 260, 270. I, he's, he's up there, but you, you, you closing in on me, Drew, bro, you were close to 400 pounds. Mm. And, um, you're getting, you're getting, you're closing in, man. I'm right there with you. So I was like, look, man, I can't, like, I gotta, I gotta, you know, I gotta use this as motivation, man, to get back and do it with you, man. And, um, and get back in the gym, me and my family. So I, I, I got in the gym today and I felt like crap. I had a bad migraine all morning, like all morning. And I was going to use it as the excuse not to go. Like it, it was a bad, I was getting dizzy, getting weird dizzy spells. But um, I went anyway, and you had just put out a video, a vlog about when you don't feel like it, do it anyway. That's when you need to do it. When you don't feel like it, when you have the excuses, do it anyway. And uh, man, right now, I, like my body feels great. And I say that to talk about the reward system, like putting in that work, getting on that, that bike, lifting the weights, like my body is rewarding me with this 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 feeling man my whole body feels good drinking water eating healthy man it it comes with a price obviously when we're looking at the food issue the food instant gratification do you know how <laughs> to yeah. slam a um whataburger patty melt at freaking 8 a.m and fries in a, a huge dr pepper the drinks are getting bigger every day but uh-huh. dude like the instant gratification but the the weight that comes with it after like the the weight of like, what did I just do? It's eight o'clock in the morning and I'm stopping at freaking Whataburger. And then I do it again at two thirty. like crazy stuff, man, you know, but it's the instant gratification, but hard work pays off. And that is totally uh, the key, the secret to the secret, man, about everything that we're talking about. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I'm right there with you with the whole uh, slamming cheeseburgers, bro. Um, 
I remember looking back and it not even being like a big deal for me to go when I would go get like I wouldn't say get a meal uh, I would go through a drive-thru and get a bag full yeah well come on and eat the whole thing and that was my life for yeah. years and years like drinking out of six you know six pack of coke a day and um no no second thought or no care in the world about it and at the time wondering why i had all these body you know body issues and my blood pressure was high and i was borderline diabetic and i was always dizzy and um always had muscle cramps muscle spasms and was always tired like that i remember like that being probably the biggest thing in my life i was always tired and always like lackadaisical like yeah uh, probably one of the laziest people you would ever met in your life and um that instant gratification is not worth it ever. Um, there's so many things that kind of go along with that, but yeah. where I'm at now, like, it's not even, you know, I wouldn't say it's not like a temptation. I mean, you know, as far as like food and things like that go, because, you know, obviously food tastes good, but there are bigger things in our lives <laughs> that create us to be like, you know, who we are today. Um, there were reasons that, you know, me growing up the way that I did, um, I had an attachment to food like that. Um, to share like a brief story, when I was a kid, I remember we had uh, financial issues. Um, my dad was out of work. He uh, was on workman's comp for a long time. And um, I remember like us not being able to put food on the table. I remember it being so bad, like some weeks, my brother and I would count the food in the freezer <clears throat> to make sure we had enough meals to get to the next week. And it was funny because we knew exactly when my dad got paid. And as soon as he got paid, we knew we were getting fed. So when we got to go eat, like, we went and ate. Like, you know what I mean? And I remember, like, that being, yeah, like, a huge thing to look forward to. Like, wow, I get to eat. Like, yeah, let's kill it. Um, which ended up being really, really bad for me later on in life. Uh, and I don't blame anybody. Like, my parents did the best they could. Um, and I'm thankful for them. But everybody has hard you know issues they deal with in life and me attaching myself to food in that way i think was just a way for me to cope with everything else that i was feeling uh, anxiety depression all those things that people deal with i really really struggled with growing up and that was what i turned to i turned to food and it would calm me down it would kind of make me relax make me feel better about myself about everything else that was going on in my life so to get back to the you know the realm that you were in the drug scene how did you get out of it um really just by choice um i remember we had moved uh, we had finally gotten um our own place and we had the opportunity to move from where we were in alabama um to chicago um, my parents live in chicago and a door came open for us to make that move and without thinking about it, I knew it was something that I had to do. It wasn't me running from my problems, but it was me separating myself from certain situations. Um, giving up and walking away are like never the same thing. And I didn't need one of those. Like I made a conscious effort for me to change everything about my life. Um, there was a lot that went on with that, with that relationship that I was telling you about. Uh, but it's funny because we talk about, you know, when you're in that scene, you're part of that scene. And when I stopped being a, uh, a client for this person, uh, that relationship went away as well. Mm -hmm. um, 
so which is you know it's funny to even talk about it right now yeah. uh, i have nothing but love and compassion uh you know for this this person in mind um but let's i really, go back let's let's go back to where i, I come into the picture before we move too fo- forward from yeah. uh from chicago and everything um yeah. i come into the picture we started you called me up apologizing over some things that were said and just over the years and we reconnected and I apologized too. And we, we had a come to Jesus moment. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and so w- with that being said, um, I was doing prayer meetings and Bible studies at the time invited you to, to one. And we, and we were talking every day. You were working as a, a bug guy, a uh, exterminator. Right. And, uh, and I was driving a truck for a living and we, we'd talk and you'd fill me in on these stories. So I know these stories. I know w- where you were. I know, I know the details. And I was, um, I was really big into spirituality. It was, it was really big for me, Kundalini yoga and breath work and, and, and achieving heightened states of consciousness through holotropic breathing. But you would tell me about these stories of trying psilocybin mushrooms and, and things like that, some, some natural substances while you were going to Atlanta and, and trying, like you said, a little bit of everything. And right. you kind of did it all. When you went in, you went really deep and you went all the way. And so I would talk about the psilocybin. I mean, I would talk about the, the natural ways to achieve these states. And you would tell me about the mushrooms and about the ayahuascas and stuff like that. We, we would just have conversations about it. And, um, and I kind of, it was at a time where I was kind of like, my thing was, I don't need those, those um, substances or whatever to achieve those states because I'm spiritually advanced enough to go into myself and do holotropic breathing or have out-of-body experiences through meditation and achieve those states. And you were telling me about some of your experiences. And then just so happened at the same time, I had been listening to a lot of Joe Rogan and Aubrey Marcus and some of these people who talk about ayahuasca and talk about psilocybin and their encounters. And so my intrigue started to, to peak even more of, and I just, I dedicated myself to studying psilocybin mushrooms and listening to hours of McKenna, hours of Amber Lyon, who is doing like the scientific research about how psilocybin mushrooms are helping people overcome the fear of death, cancer patients, uh, overcoming the fear of death, people breaking addictions by having this, uh, this journey into the light through psilocybin mushrooms, which were, we, we find out, used by our ancestors, used by the indigenous uh, cultures as a rite of passage for all the young men to do. And I, and I just became infatuated with it, talking to you, and still kind of scary, scared to do that because I come from a drug scene as well, and I, and I, and it was bad. Like I was into, you know, I was into witchcraft and things like that, mixing it with drugs. And, and I've seen some demonic entities form and that scared me. And I, and as a Christian, as a believer, now that I'm in the light, I didn't want to do anything to open that floodgate back. I didn't want to give anything the permission to take my mind away again, because I literally years ago had demons in my head and uh messing with me and talking to me and trying to pull my spirit out of my body and just crazy stuff. So I didn't want that to happen, but I, but all the research I was doing was all beautiful things, changing people's lives and stuff. But it, so there was this intrigue there. And then I would talk to you about your experiences and how you, you were talking about how it's a journey. 
But even in the drug scene, you were talking about how even the psilocybin is something natural. The mushrooms were something natural that helped you overcome fear to help you look at yourself um, objectively from a loving standpoint. And this was some things that we just begin to talk about. Um, and so I wanted to do it until you talked about having an encounter. And for some reason, I don't know but what stuck in my head that it was with mushrooms, but come to find out you, you mixed a bunch of stuff together and you mentioned having this encounter where you essentially wrestled a serpent, like a Python spirit wrapped around you. You did a, a ketamine, a lot of other things that you mixed one night and psilocybin was, but you mix acid and everything together. But you talked about this serpent wrapping around your body. And when you would breathe in, it would constrict a little bit more and you couldn't get the, the air that was let out. And you said you fought that thing for eight hours. And so all of my research and studying and getting brave to want to try it. You told me that. And I was like, Nope, I'm not giving my mind over to that. I'm not fighting no spirit like that for eight hours, man. Talk, talk a little bit about that, that, uh, Kate, that, that instance. And like I said, it wasn't psilocybin. It wasn't just pure psilocybin. Um, it, you mixed everything. Talk a little bit about that experience, man. So definitely, it was back to one of those Atlanta trips. Um, it was a surprise birthday party for me. Um, that same scene that we were talking about, I think maybe 40 people showed up to this pool party that was thrown for me that night. And of course, it being my birthday, everybody had the bright idea to try to give me the best time ever. And um, I don't, I can't tell you how many or what I took that night. Um, but I know it kept getting offered over and over and over and over. Um, I know I did uh, do mushrooms that night. And um, with it being so much altogether, you know, mushrooms in its, in its own entity, in its own self, is a very pure spiritual substance. Um, I'm not condoning this in any way, but I will tell you this, like if you're under journey to search and find something spiritually uh mushrooms will help like psilocybin mushrooms will you go on a journey looking for something you're going to find it because you have to face all your fears and all the stuff that you think matters in your life and all the you know worries and doubts everything that's in your heart the stuff that you're holding back you're gonna have to face every one of those before you'll actually find freedom um on a journey like that but it's not something to be mixed with anything. It's not something to go out and take and get high and have a great party time. Drug. Yeah. It's not, it is not, it is not, it is not a party drug. Um, you know, even uh, shamans and, you know, people in the Indian culture, they take that as a rite of passage for manhood. It's something that's taken um, with the right heart, almost like Christians taking communion and just taken with the right heart, going in and prepared uh, for the version of yourself that you're going to be when you come out of it. And uh, I remember that night vividly. <clears throat> um, I'll never forget the, the fear, the horror, the complete um, pain that I felt spiritually and physically uh, like I was going to die. Um, that, you know, you were talking about like the serpent, like, you know, I don't know if it was a serpent or uh, it was just this heaviness of this presence that I felt. And it was like on top of me. And every time like I would breathe, like it would, it would contract a little bit more. 
um, almost to the point where I was like gasping for air, like when you get the, you know, the wind knocked out of you. <clears throat> and um, I remember having like the most horrible thoughts, like, you know, the, the, some of the craziness that I was thinking that night, like this was all a setup. Everybody around me was like UFOs. And uh, I mean, just, you know, really stuff that like, uh, is off the wall stuff that's not normal. It's not um, not healthy. Um, it's nothing that I would ever condone. And I know now looking back on that, and I even think I, after I told you that story, I even told you like, yeah, I know where I messed up. Like I mixed all these things, and there are certain things um, that I feel like are on their own right, um, in its own way, pure. And you know no matter what we think or our opinions about certain things are like, it's our culture. Um, you know, psilocybin mushrooms, they're uh, a drug. They're against the law. Um, I don't condone them at all. Uh, but I will say if it wasn't our culture and say we were in another culture and it was something that was normal, uh, you know, alcohol in other cultures is not normal. Um, you know, yeah. cigarettes in other cultures are not normal. Like it's something off the wall. So the way that we look at this might not be, you know what I mean? Like, that's just our culture. That's who we are. Um, so I will say, like, the biggest thing that you can do as a person uh, is to keep an open mind because it's not, once you close your mind, you start putting others on trial and judgment for the decisions that they make. Uh, your box to reach people gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, I've told this story many times, so I want to hear your version of it and hear what it meant to you but so i i can safely say that um my relationship with you and you coming out of the drug scene and and everything my relationship with you um that i did i tried mushrooms with you uh for the first time i've only done them a couple of times um and they're and they've been through um a point of let's see let, let you know Let's learn. I mean, there were there was fasting, there was prayer, there was self-realization uh, weeks and days beforehand. There was an expectation there to go in and, and deal with some trauma, things like that, and, and learn from the spirit. Right. So even going into the first time, my expectations were high. But uh, we, we took a trip to Louisiana and I'll just start it off with there. And you you tell that that men's trip that we took um, and where we went and you can, you know, kind of set that up. So I remember we actually talked about this for weeks maybe yeah. before um, um, about the idea of, there was a, uh, of like a float deprivation tank. Um, the idea of your body being um, pretty much like on water, you know, you're only in like three or four inches of water, but your body is kind of like elevated on top of the water and uh, the water is at like your, your body degree level. It's super, super dense. So you pretty much just float on like three to four inches of water and it's completely concealed. So you can't see anything. Uh, what happens in that type of situation is like your sensory deprivation, like your, your touch, your feel, um, you know, just all that kind of stuff kind of like let's go. And um, you're almost put into a dream state to where the only thing that's really conscious within you is like your mind. Uh, people have had all kinds of uh, uh, visions through it. People have, you know, seen patterns of uh, sacred geometry. Um, all these things that you would normally experience through a psychedelic, people see this naturally uh, just by having this experience. Um, I remember we took a trip and uh, we went and did that um, and with Dan. 
and we, we loved it. It was a great time. And so we had started talking about like, we didn't want to do it again. And I remember um, the idea, the thought came up like, Hey, we should, we should try mushrooms and do it this time. And um, <clears throat> I remember going with the right intent. And I, I, you know, I, we had, we had other people on that trip with us, but me and you, um, I think we're really, really on page that first time. Uh, you know, we're on the same page. Like we knew like it was going to be a journey. Um, I think we even like, you know, kind of had like a time within ourselves before we even did it. Like um, we knew what was about to happen. <clears throat> and uh, I remember, <laughs> I remember so much about that night, but I remember that night being really, really life changing. Talk, talk about um, setting up New Orleans, like, like what we did first when we got into the city. Oh yeah. 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 So uh, we did, we went to a, a, a Reiki healing session uh, with Dr. Jess, which is amazing. She actually gave me a shout out today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, she is, she's amazing. Uh, but we did a, a Reiki healing session, which uh, is pretty much like you letting go of everything that you're dealing with. Like you walk into a room one way, you go through a session like this and you walk out of the room a completely different way. If you allow yourself to um, some of the greatest things in our life are things that we need to give up anyway. <clears throat> Um, but I remember we did that and, you know, to me, I went in like, you know, people hear like Reiki healing or yoga or holotropic breathing and they hear all these like things and immediately like they put those things on judgment because they don't understand them. Um, some of the biggest like amazing things in our life are things that we don't understand, but if we try to wrap our head around it and uh, we put a little effort into, uh, into understanding it, uh, it'll make a lot of difference in your life. And uh, I remember it was an amazing session and we walked out and I remember just feeling completely light. Like, you know, I walked in with burdens, fear, whatever it might be, whatever you want to call it. And I walked out a completely different way. Um, we went to uh, this place in New Orleans and it was something that was built. It was a park area that was built right after Hurricane Katrina. And it was just this big, long winding road. And I, I forget the name of it. Um, but it had a, a certain name and a certain meaning. And pretty much there was a sign out there that said, uh, it's, this is a promise that the people of New Orleans will one day rebuild and, you know, one day succeed again. And I thought that was amazing. Um, and later on that night, actually, it was during the experience, you were looking at a book and the book had the same picture of the park that we were just yeah. at that day. And yeah. I remember Remember, you know, of course, to us at the time, it was like, yeah, <laughs> it was a labyrinth. It was yeah, uh, yeah the labyrinth, right? That's what. It was yeah, called. it was a labyrinth. It was a um, meditation walk. Right. And it was uh, like almost like just spiral grid, and you walk it and meditate, and that when you get to the end, you know, whatever you're wanting to let go, you you you'll do it by the end. Yeah, it was a it was a really amazing night, like a really amazing experience in itself. And, you know, one story I, I, about that night, probably the biggest thing I can remember, one of the most profound and thought-provoking things of the whole night. Um, I remember we were both, like, spitting knowledge, like, we were sharing with each other, like, how we felt, like, we were deep into um, this journey that night. And uh, I remember we walked outside for a minute, and we walked back in. I remember when we walked back in, there was this, there was a door-to-door -door hallway. 
it was like a short little five foot hallway and it was closed off by two doors. But in that hallway was a huge wall length mirror. And I remember we walked in front of the mirror and I looked at it and you looked at it. We just stood there for a minute and you were like, what do you see? And at the time, like, you know, a thought came to my head of like, oh God, he's seeing stuff. So like, okay, you know, um, <laughs> what am I supposed to see right now? Well, that's when you were, that's when you were right under 400 too. Right? Yeah, I was almost 400 pounds. Yeah, yeah, 388 pounds. And um, I looked in the mirror and I was like, well, what do you mean? What do I see? And you were like, I remember you said it in like a really, you know, uh, like a really like loving and caring way. It was, you know, and I, of course at the time I felt like so much more connected, but you were like, not what I see or not what you think you see, but what do you see? And I remember the first thing that came to mind, like I didn't have to think about it. And all I said was, I wish the outside of me looked the way that I feel right now on the inside. That's all I said. The conversation didn't keep going. Like, I mean, we ended up probably talking about something else. I don't even remember, but I remember that moment because it was very thought provoking for me at the time. And it's funny because the little things in life that we pass off as like minute are going to be the big things later on down the road when you look back, like the memories that you're making right now, like the things that you're doing, the choices that you're making, like those are going to be the things that like your memories are when, you know, in the future. And um, even though I was 400 pounds and all these things, like, you know, I didn't change my life the next day. It wasn't life changing, but looking back on that, that was like profound for me at the time for me to even say that uh, because I wasn't one of those people. And it, 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 I know it was a revelation too, because we were talking about that. And then we were talking about how uh, many people go out at night and on the outside, they're a dime piece. They're the most beautiful person in the club, but on the inside, they're dying, right? And so they kind of mask the outside to kind of hide what's going on on the inside. And I was like, well, Drew, for you, this is the opposite right now, because you on the inside are one of the most beautiful people. And you were talking about how on the outside you didn't like the appearance and we kind of correlated that and it was just so profound, you know? Yeah, definitely. It was um, probably like out of the top five, probably one of the most thought-provoking things I even look back to to this day. And um, the mirror. Probably a credit. I probably credit my weight loss and the transformation, the journey, um, you know, some of that to, to that night. Uh, yeah. Well, there was, there was, there was, there was that, and that that was a big one. Um, and and for for you guys who are fans of the music, um, <laughs> me and Drew oh, yeah. were, were were talking, and he was just blowing my mind with just man, just being so um, philosophical about about life and about uh, about the now moment and accepting yourself and, and love. Um, I pulled out my cell phone. I was like, wait a minute, say it again. And I recorded him saying I wanted to try to bring it with me, man, because it's kind of some of that stuff is slippery when you're in those states. So I said, okay, let's record this and, and say it again. So I recorded it and then put it away, and I sent it to Drew maybe a, a week or two later. He's like, dude, don't show nobody that, you know. And it wasn't because of the drugs or, or what you were saying; it was because of the weight. Right. And he's like, don't, you know, don't, that's a bad angle. You didn't want nobody to see it, so. And then we were talking about collaborating on some stuff on my album, 333, because you do poetry and you, you, you play music and stuff. And I was like, don't worry, man, I got something. We'll, we'll do something. Sure. And I wanted to surprise you because I took that audio 
and I put it at the end of my song, The Imaginatrix. And it's just beautiful. People have had life-changing encounters from that song, from that album, and listening to that. And most people don't know who it is at the very end. But that was captured, man. So we can go back and like relive it as we hear that. Yeah. You know, you you dropping that knowledge, man, like four years ago, maybe now. And um, just so it was it was so beautiful for you. So beautiful for me. Life changing experience. I still have a, a notepad that I, that I pulled out a piece of paper and started writing down this stuff that was information that was coming to me on on, on the psilocybin mushrooms and being at the float tank experience and hanging with you. And it was like it was so powerful that I had to I cut the short the, the float tank experience short and I got out and I said, like, I got to write this stuff down. Yeah. I got to start writing. So, so, so I got out and dried off and everything. And I just started writing down because like, it was a place that I went to of, um, like I said, uh, like, almost like God talking to you, um, from a loving place, even about your flaws. Cause you got to yeah. deal with your flaws, but he's dealing with your flaws. He's telling you how to overcome them and giving you steps and i was sitting writing down steps do this do that do this and there's a picture of me and i'm going to put that in the show notes i'm gonna put whatever pictures and stuff that we have from a couple of these experiences i'll put them in the show notes so you guys can kind of see that but it was just a picture of me just writing that stuff down and this was like i said about four years ago and that's still folded up in my wallet right now but the crazy thing is when we're talking about alchemy we named this show the magic of the alchemist, true hallucinations. And so this is something that we went into that realm, got a vision about ourselves, about the future, looking at ourselves objectively without, without fear, but with love and grace on how to do it, communing with the creator of the universe, whatever you think that is. Right. And it was a loving thing. And, um, and some of the things that came out, I remember, and I'll just share my, my little part, that in that particular instance, after seeing, after going visit Dr. Jess and seeing her healing people, doing it for a living, doing what she loves for a living, and essentially, I, I love to heal people, whether it's through my music, whether it's through prayer, we believe in the power of prayer, the power of spoken word, laying on of hands, and we've seen many miracles in our lives, right? Um, I wanted to do that. And I had this overwhelming urge to be a healer. And, uh, and I was wrestling with God, like, I want to, I want to do that. And God's like, yeah, you should, but you already are a healer. And they begin to show me how my music heals and how I, we heal through friendship and start saying, start showing that. And, and, and even in faith, how the scriptures define faith is, is calling the things that are not as though they were already. And, and God showed me through faith how to embrace that and say, you're not going to be a healer. You already are. And begin, begin, begin to give me the revelation on how I, I, I was. I said, well, I want to do it for a living. I said, I want you to do it for a living. Really? Okay, and it started giving me, you got to do this, you got to do that, and you got to take care of these two things that you're doing. You got to take care of that, and I'm going to teach you how to do it, and I'm going to give you grace to do it. And I, I mean, life-changing encounters, man. People are wanting examples. I'm sitting here reading in the, in the, in the chat room, and people are saying, um, if Jesus was enough, you wouldn't need that, you know. Um, but we're, we're encountering Jesus 
which is, I, I think we can, I like to, maybe this is too simple for some deep minded theologians, but I think Jesus is, is love made manifest. Whatever you think love to be pure, undefiled love made manifest into a person. And so I believe we were communing with that, that night, that, that presence that we've known from uh, little kids in church to, uh, doing psilocybin mushrooms at a float tank center communing with that power man and uh it changed my life and then so there was that those two things happened the float tank experience and the reiki thing for me we we left changed 100 percent. and and i saw and within the coming months i started doing it i started getting booked people started coming out the woodwork wanting private sessions with me to do faith healing to do reiki over the internet and change people like addictions and people were dealing with addictions and stuff and and booking me for private sessions and it got overwhelming like out the blue like i before we went there i had no there was no way and even afterwards i would still like how is this possible how is this person who can sometimes barely formulate a, a sentence going to be able to do this and something who uh looks the way I do or whatever. And I had all types of things. And that's what we all do. We have, we all have the reasons not to do it. And this is why you can't, but we have to push pack, past that and stand upon the promise. Okay. I believe the voice that told me that empowered me to do it. And I, be, I begin to see manifestation in my life through after the psilocybin encounter and the float tank experience. And then there was a book that I read that took it to a whole nother level. Like it, it magnified the experience months, months later. And that, that book was the alchemist. And I read it, blew my mind. I said, Drew, you got to read it. Yeah. Drew read, Drew read it in like three days. I did. I <laughs> he did. read it so fast, man. And, yeah. uh, and we both came to the same conclusion. And, and that book is a magical book. And when you read it, um, you cannot, you, you won't feel fulfilled, not pursuing your dreams. Yeah. As you read that book, you will you will uh, begin to to see the you know the dreams and the things that you've wanted to do even as a kid. Those dreams come back yeah. while reading that book, and shows you that when you agree with God, that okay, God, you put these dreams in me, and I'm not going to give up on them. I'm going to fight for them because you give them to me, and you find out that when you do that, the universe shifts. And fights with you, not against you, but fights for you. As the Bible says many, many, many times over and over, that God fights for you, not against you. Talk a little bit about leaving that experience, man, and what it did for you and then your perspective of the alchemist. Yeah, definitely. You know, (laughs) um, it really changed my life, changed my outlook. You know, like you talked about, it opened, you know, my eyes, uh, so many more possibilities that were there in my life that I didn't see before because I was so focused on myself. You know, we are very, very selfish people. Um, you know, the best way, you know, people, I, I've turned people onto the book, The Alchemist, you know, many times and they're always like, what's it about? You know, and the best way that it can possibly describe is the, it's about finding yourself while you're trying to find yourself. You know, I think Christians um, are one of the biggest people that struggle to find their own identity. Yeah. Who am I in Christ? What are my gifts? 
you know, where, how can I be in the will of God? How can I do all these things? You know what? It's really, really simple. Uh, to be in God's will, to know that you're in God's will, is to do God's will. Just do it. Like, you know, there's something in your heart. You want to be a blessing. You want to help people. Just do it. And that's how you know you're going to be in God's will. You know what I mean? Like, to be in Christ is to be Christ-like. And yeah. you couldn't have it any other way. Um, it, you know what, though? It pushes the doctrine to the side. Yeah. The doctrine have we, we have seen in many circles that, that separate us. This is the way it is. We don't believe that. We believe this. Okay, these people are wrong. These people are wrong. Um, to really understand who Christ is in us, glory, right? Yeah. And the manifestation of Christ out of us is the manifestation of that glory to the world. And so to simply stop arguing and start doing what Jesus said to do. If Jesus showed grace and mercy and empathy towards people, then we do it, right? And that's fulfilling the Great Commission, and that's that's what we begin to do. There was, uh, like, leaving that, it's like, you you, want to see people healed, man. Like, you you want people to to experience the same encounter, you know what I'm saying, that you did. So talk a little bit about how we have another journey we will go into in a, in a little bit, but talk a little bit about how after having the psilocybin encounter, spending time with God in that realm and then reading the alchemist, how, like, what did that do inside of you as far as seeing the skinny drew that, that tormented you in, in your, or kind of played with you almost like this Peter Pan figure who would come and then leave in the middle of the night and mess with you. Like, how did you capture that and, ch- and chase that? How did the psilocybin and how did the, the alchemist help? Well, you know, we talk about like complete peace, complete love, complete joy. Like, you know, all these things that I was feeling was something that was brand new to me. Like, you know, um, even being, um, I, I guess like in the Christian faith, like, you know, we find so much judgment from other people. We find so much judgment from uh, whatever it might be. You know, uh, you have tattoos. I have gauges. Like, wow. You know what I mean? There's judgment that comes with what people don't think is Christ or Christ-like. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the like that experience, that book, um, gave me different eyes to see other people. Um, I remember walking away, you know, like you said, wanting other people to feel the same way that I felt because I knew it was possible you know, even now, like where I've come from and the weight loss and all these things, like um, I would never, you know, there's people, you hear stories, I know people that have lost a ton of weight and, you know, you think you would be completely humble, coming from a humble place, a place of brokenness, like, man, I was there and you don't have to live like that. And like, there is so much better out there for you. I promise there is, if you just try, if you just go after it, but there's people out there that have gone the other direction that have, you know, whatever they want to call it, like fat shamed other people or made fun of other people. Like, how could you ever, like, how dare you, you know, we are all but sinners saved by grace. Or even us as Christians, how dare you put somebody on trial? You know, if we're to be Christ-like, we are to come from a place of love, a place of grace for by grace, we are saved through faith, not of works, lest no one can boast. You guys, it is by grace completely. It's a free gift. And that is freedom to some Christians because Christians don't believe that. They believe it's not like, you know, oh, you say a prayer and you're saved and like, it's not that easy. You've got to live a life a certain way. You know what? You don't. 
I promise you don't. By grace, we're saved. And, um, you know, I know I'm kind of rambling at this point, but I wanted to, I, I feel like that needs to be pushed home. Yeah. Um, for me, because I have found so much freedom in that myself. Uh, some of the valleys, the worst parts of my life that I've walked through, it is by grace alone that I'm still here today. Mm-hmm. And I know it's completely God. Like, I know God has so much better for me. He's already uh, shown me already. Yeah. That place that he's brought me from um, through the alchemist and the things that God has brought me to since then, um, it's opened my eyes and opened doors that I never thought would be open for me. Um. And um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pull from the from the ch- chat room a little bit right now. Yeah, yeah. So there's some there's some people who are um, are talking about like it doesn't mix together. And there's so many there's so many Christians. That's why that's why this show is so important and so empowering. From if you've seen my inbox, Drew, if you've seen the the Christians who who step out and commend me for talking about this stuff, because there 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 is a persecution. It's like oh. I mean, there was even, I told you a couple weeks ago, somebody wanted me to do a church show and they put my name on the flyer and they were going to shut it down if I showed up. You know, it was, it, it, I say church show, it's a Christian concert, but it was outside at a park. And the, and the people who oversee the party, like, if Truth Seeker comes, we're shutting this down. There's no way. He, he goes out giving mushrooms to people, telling people Jesus loves them. Which that's what that's I guess the, the renown from coming and and being open. But if I was to show you the inbox, man, of, of all the people that commend me and they say I wish I could be as open as you, and and that's what we do. We we empower people to what be themselves. Okay. Don't be me. Don't be Drew. Don't try to be somebody else. Be the person that God made you. Oh, you like that stuff for a reason. Okay. Well, you can be into that. It's, it's okay. So I want to talk a little bit about, because we've done many shows on this about um, like there's a, even a church in Alabama that is a, uh, they, they, they use the sacraments of psilocybin and peyote and ayahuasca, all things that are natural, that grow from the earth, God's green earth. Amen. They use it in sacrament for religious ceremonies as did their ancestors. Right. Um, but in the church realm, this isn't to be played with at all. This is, you know, they, they like to call this um, sorcery. They call it pharmakia. They call it, they got all kinds of names from it. And they, and they tell you not to mess with it at all because you can open up your mind to demons. That's why I didn't want to mess with it. You telling me your stories and, and, and coming from that realm and, and having, you know, be, having a, a warning. It's not a party drug. It's not even a drug. I, I don't, like I don't mix those terms together. Psilocybin is a sacrament and it was used by our ancestors as a, as a, as a rite of passage and uh, wanting to spend time with the creator. So here's the, here's the thing. Dan Oskopinski, a good friend of ours, he went on the, on the first float tank trip with us. I had him on the show and man, you guys got to go back and listen to that show. It's one of the highest rated shows I've done so much truth in that episode, but he talks about how nobody can kick you out of the club. They didn't bring you into the club. Um, and the club, the club of grace, essentially, right? The, the grace that Christ has called you to. Um, so Christians can't do mushrooms. Christians can't smoke marijuana. Christians can't have a beer, right? These, these rules that, that are not in the Bible, that we've made them up in, in, in the church realm, in the religion, these rules that we've made up. Talk a little bit about that because... The next 
encounter that we had. We had a blissful encounter, you know, at the float tank. It was beautiful, philosophical. The next time we got together to search our hearts, and it was a good year and a half, almost two years later, we did it again, and we had a men's retreat. My mind was blown, yeah. taking the new new levels, uh, even with that revelation that God had, had given me, um, took in to new levels. But we were listening. First of all, we were listening to uh, some, um, what is it, uh, Good For Me by um, Above and Beyond, which you turned me on to that. And that I can't listen to that music without reliving. So I, I, I try not to do it. I try not to do it often. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? When I, when I need it, I'll go back and listen to that song and I'll be taken right back. And everybody who we were with, they, they have the same testimony. Sure. But for the most part, we were listening to Bethel. <laughs> it was, uh, so he, this is what you get. A bunch of Christians in a cabin in the woods, eating psilocybin mushrooms, talking to God, fasting, and listening to Bethel worship music. Praying. Having, yep. Praying, crying out to God, thanking God, and the beauty that surrounded that experience. So Christians can't do this. Christians shouldn't do this. First of all, we're not, we're not um, encouraging anybody to yeah. do anything, but we are owning our story right and nobody can take that away from us talk a little bit about that i mean it's important that you say that like um in no way do we condone any of this uh this was our past i'm just not afraid to talk about it yeah so many people have gone through so much and there's (laughs) dirtiness in their past bro um i'm not afraid to talk about it because like i said if my past can bring freedom to some somebody's present um it was completely worth it the valleys the struggles that i walked through and um you know, would I ever do it again? Probably not. Like, would I ever put myself in those situations again? Probably not. But yeah. I have gone through those situations, and so, you know, by doing that, uh, I feel like there's a lot to be to be learned from that. For me, you know, from where I was to where I am, and even where I'm going in life, those experiences have made me. Um, every part of this journey has brought me, you know, some kind of new understanding through it. Um, yeah, so the the cabin experience, I remember, you know, after that first experience, it was amazing. Um, I think you kind of thought of yourself as a buff after that. Uh, you kind of, you know, understood that whole situation, uh, that scene. Well, I thought I knew. You, you kind of thought you understood. Like I, I thought I knew, man. Uh, if, I, if my memory strikes me correctly, <laughs> you, were, you were in the middle of writing 333, and... Um, I remember you, you had told me you, wrote, you had written a song. Uh, the song was called Golden Teachers. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, so psilocybin mushrooms have many strands, just like marijuana. Um, and there is a certain strand called uh, Golden Teachers. It was actually one of Terrence McKenna's favorites. So any of you guys out there that are really into this, you guys can do your research. Yeah. Uh, but it, that was his favorite. It was called the Golden Teachers. He felt like he learned the most out of that Um he would do a hero dose, which is five grams or more of golden teachers. And that was what he pretty much based on his knowledge and experiences off of was doing golden teachers. And I remember Derek, you had told me, you know, through one of our many conversations we had daily, you were like, yeah, I'm writing a song it's called golden teachers, writing all about it. And that, and I remember I even stopped doing your tracks. So I was like, hang on, bro. It's like, you, why are you writing a song about it? You've never done them before. You've never experienced it. You're like, well, it's 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 like this, and it's like the you know way it was before, and I was like, no, bro. Like, I was like, 
you know, we, and I think, <laughs> I think, I think from then on, like we started planning this, this, um, this little trip. But I was still scared because <laughs> you said it was more intense, but I didn't, I didn't know. It was, yeah. So, you know, and I, I think I even tried to prepare you a little bit more for this. Yeah, you did. Uh, um, as far as for what to, you know, expect. Um, but with this one, we went out to the woods. Um, we had a few brothers of ours, which, you know, are amazing to this day. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember with full intent, with full purity in our hearts, we wanted to go on this journey and find out whatever God was trying to teach us, whatever God was trying to show us for our life. Uh, because so many times, like I said, we get wrapped up in the selfishness of like who we are, like our day to day or nine to five, like this is so important. No, this is so important. And our mind and our bodies are like just all over the place. But we went into this with so much intent to like bring something out of um, just the brokenness that we you know where we were at in life. Like God, like whatever you want to show us, like show us. And um, I remember we fasted, like we prayed it, you know, like prayed before, like, and um, you know we partook. And <laughs> I don't know if you want to share from there, but I don't know. I don't know how much I need because I, I went in. I've went into that story on uh, many occasions. Uh, you know, I actually did a, a a full breakdown on the song "Golden Teachers," right. where I, I break down lyric for lyric. So, um, if you guys want to hear that in its entirety, but totally changed my paradigm. Um, I met. I, I feel like I met this angelic, these angelic beings who I, I refer to as the golden teachers. Um, and it totally rocked my world, totally took me to a, a whole a whole deeper place of understanding about who I am, about my music, about, you know, where I'm, where I'm headed, things like that. And it became a lot more real to me because, uh, you know, I talk about going into the astral realm, gazing into the, the, the star systems and having these euphoric encounters with God. And I, I describe them. I, I go above and beyond because I try to describe the feelings, the sensations, and the emotions that I feel of encountering God and going into those states of, of the Holy Spirit and euphoria and meditation. And um, and they kind of checked me there and, and, and you know, and said, hey, is this true seeker? You're the one who throws this esoteric knowledge out there for the masses. And uh, and, and they just trample them under, the, un, uh, under their feet. And you're just making it playing to everybody something that is so sacred you're just tossing it out there and, and putting it in song and stuff and you know just showed me the impact that we have to be careful and wanted to make sure that that i knew the implications of sharing this knowledge and sharing this info and just check me to say okay you want to move forward okay if you do we got some things we want to show you and um and all of our our, our whole trip was synchronized and we went deep i've never i didn't know it scared me at first um because i didn't know what to expect i i I expected what happened the first time being philosophical talking to god getting some some uh pointers about my life and where i'm headed in the future and things like that and uh and this was a whole nother realm and i go into a lot more detail on some some other podcasts but yeah definitely check out the the golden teachers episode where I, i break that full song down but even after that, man, you, um, you know, learned some things and, uh, and, and got this drive. So to, to really go, you know, go for the gold, stop yeah. playing games, not, not stop playing games with God. I mean, we've been doing it. We tried this, tried to do that for years, 
but stop playing games with yourself and then to start the weight loss journey. So talk a little bit about the beginning. We had these encounters and it's the funny thing. So people like not everybody has to do that. Right. We did. Right. It's our story. We own it. We had to do it. We, we did. Some people, they, it's nonchalant. They go to the gym, they work out. They, they don't want to be fat no more. They just go work out. Bing, it's over. They're in shape. They want to dream. You know, they want their dream job. They go to college, they study, bing, they got it. Some people have to hit rock bottom. Some people have to have a, a friend to, to um, a shoulder to lean on, a pep talk, a guru, a teacher, whatever it is. And so that, that, that was our teacher. And that was what guided us. And it was totally benevolent, totally loving and totally of God. Right. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, even I, I, I can honestly say at the time, um, for me personally, it came from a place of uh, innocence. I remember that night we even talked about returning to your innocence. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember <laughs> uh, just letting go of so many things. I remember having a vision of, you know, like an empty swing set. I remember like, you know, like that vision to me, like that night was just like, you know, returning to your innocence, returning yeah. to the child that you were, that little boy yeah. that you've covered up with so much. Exactly. And um, that night was, you know, was amazing. I, uh, I'll never forget it. But, you know, you know, we talk about the here and now and the future. And, living mm-hmm. in and you know, us, by us living in that moment, I'm able to live in this one. Um, because this moment would never have happened without that moment. And, uh, exactly. Every single one, even even the the whole Atlanta drugs, yeah. drug stuff and the broken relationships and the tearing up the body, the food like you wouldn't be where you are today without that. Like that is that's your story. My story. Man. I'm not. And then, you know, that's crazy because for so long I was like, you know, embarrassed or ashamed or whatever. But, you know, I think I can look at it from a different point of view now and as us Christians or whatever and like. It's something that God's brought me from. It's God's brought me through. And um, I have victory in my life, not just an addiction, like, you know, drug and alcohol. Self-esteem. Yeah. Self-esteem, food, depression, anxiety, all of it. You know, and am I perfect? Do I walk around in cloud nine every day? Nope. Absolutely not. You bet. But there is a hope. There is an encouragement. There is a determination that drives the inside of me to be a better version of myself than I was yesterday. Yeah. It's so important for us to live in the here and now because we're not promised tomorrow or next week or the things that we think matter, the bills, the nine to five, whatever. Like, you know, I'm sitting here worried about bills and whatever it might be like coming along next month yeah. while, while I'm also taking my kids for granted. I could be spending time with them, taking my wife for granted. I could be spending yeah. time with her. And the here and now, like that is what all this stuff, like these experiences has showed me to truly go on. Because I remember going home with so much thankfulness within my <laughs> God, I love my wife. Like she is amazing. She is the best. Like, and she truly is like for anybody that knows me, like she is my best friend from day yeah. one. And you guys have done, have been on this transformation together. So talk a little yeah. bit about her, man. Absolutely. <clears throat> so we moved to Chicago. Uh, this was two years now. And um, when we moved here, we had the idea to completely change our lives. Like, you know, we wanted to, just transform ourselves because at that time we knew it was possible. We felt like it was possible if we just didn't give up. And um, I just remember, you know, we actually tried for like a month and gave up or whatever. Like 
I've been a part of so many gym clubs and memberships and, you know, I was paying $800 a month on like freeze dried particle food. Like it was awful, bro. And you know what, every, on jump off subject here for a minute. Um, all you guys, like everybody that's out there, like selling something, like I get it. That's your hustle. Um, you want to make people's lives change though. Start making them believe in themselves. Like if you're in it for the money, like that's cool, whatever. Um, but change is completely possible. And you know what? There's no secret. It's just hard work. So you, you like kind of giving somebody this idea that if they take this miracle drug or eat this free fried food, uh, you know, freeze dried food or um, whatever it might be, they, they rub this cream on their stomach for 30 days and they're going to look like a model. Um, I promise there's no easy way to get what you want in life. There's no shortcuts. And um, every struggle, every, you know, drop of sweat, every shed of blood, every tear that you're going to cry through it all. Uh, it's just going to make you stronger at the end. Um, but going back to my wife and I, man, <laughs> we started, um, I was almost 400 pounds. Um, and she, you know, she was a pretty big girl too. We both were. Um, but I remember we had it in our, like in our hearts, like a no quit attitude. And, you know, what spurred this on, and I'll make a really long story short, we went on a family vacation um, to Alabama, and we actually hung out, Derek. I remember you wore the Rodman jersey. But uh, <laughs> we, hung out, we hung out, and uh, we took a, a selfie, and I still have the picture to this day. But that same day, we went out to the beach, and I was walking out to the end of the beach with my kids, and I was sinking all the way down to my shins, my, my knees, and the sand because I was so heavy. I remember we walked all the way out to the water and I'm sitting there panting, like gasping for breath because I couldn't breathe because I was so overweight, so out of shape. And my little girl is like tugging at my pants, like, daddy, come play with me, come play with me. And I'm looking around all these other families and they're like, you know, commercial families playing Frisbee and running with their dogs and stuff. And I'm sitting there like sweating and all I did is I just sit down on the sand and laid back because I couldn't breathe. Um... I'll never forget that day because uh, <laughs> that night uh, we went back to the hotel and I cried myself to sleep. <clears throat> I remember before we went to bed, I told my wife, like, I don't want to be this way anymore. Like, you know, I have kids. Like, I want to be there for their graduation. I want to be there for their birthdays. I want to be there for when they get married. I want to grow up one day and be proud of them. And I told her, I was like, as soon as we get back from this vacation, I was like, I don't care what it takes. I don't care if it kills me. I'm going to change myself. We got back at the end of March 2016. And April 4th, 2016, we started our journey. And we have been on it ever since. Um, when we first started, I uh, had come across this program. And I'll give a little bit of a... Um, give a little bit of a, a shout out. Um, we started this program called DDP Yoga. Um, I had got it referred to me by a friend of mine. And I know you think yoga, like it's all this like Eastern religion, whatever. Um, no, it's like a kick your butt workout program. Um, they use yoga moves because it's good for your core strength. It's good for your, uh, for your muscles. Um, so there is like yoga moves, like, uh, um, you know, just whatever. I mean, there's, there's different stretches and things like that, that you will use, um, for your muscles, your body and all that, but it is a, it is a workout and it will test you and push you. 
And um, we did that solidly for probably the better part of four months because we couldn't do anything else. Uh, there was no way I was going to get on a treadmill. I was uh, completely too out of shape. I couldn't catch my breath half the time. Um, and this was easier for me because uh, this program is created for people that uh, are naturally bigger, that uh, have problems with their joints or their muscles. And it was really um, easy. And it's a lot of muscle strength. It's a lot of dynamic resistance. Uh, and it's a lot of things that you can do to keep your heart rate up and continue to burn calories and lose weight all while you're not killing your body while you're doing it. And uh, we did that for a long time. Um, and I think I'd probably lost my first 70 or 80 pounds just by doing that. So essentially you starting. So where do we go from? Okay. So the, the alchemist talks about fulfilling your dreams. And then we talk about synchronicity, like all of these things start happening out the woodwork, just like the example of when we went to the park and we did the labyrinth, then we go back to the flow tank and we open a book and a symbol that we've never seen before was in a book on a coffee table and we've seen it and we got chills. And essentially what synchronicities are is the, is God is the universe letting you know you're on the right path. It's like a breadcrumb. You're following the path of, of, that the Lord's got for you, opening up doors and synchronicity happens so much. And even through, the alchemist it talks about that it talks about just like the universe lining up and even without the alchemist like it's just it's something i think uh i think carl Jung or carl sagan i I can't remember i think it's young but uh he um coined coined the term man about how the, the universe is is just like the way that we're experiencing things right and um and everything's linked everything's connected and we start to see that stuff and when you, when you get on that path, man, you start opening up these doors and it, it begins to unfold. It is, it's a sacred dance. It is a journey. It's the hero's journey um, told of even by um, Joseph Campbell, the hero's journey on the story of Jesus, the story of the prophets, of the disciples, of this, this, this persecution and this coming back to, to uh, uh, obtain your calling and, and, and made for great things. And, it's when when you find out that it's not that these books, the alchemist, and I say this all the time, even the Bible is not telling the story of a man named John the Baptist. The Bible is not telling the story of a man named King David who lived 2,000, 3,000 years ago. The, 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 those books, the Bible, the scriptures is telling your story and you identify with those people and it teaches you how to overcome how to uh, face your, your own giants, how to deal with your own idolatry, the own golden calves that we build up in our lives. And so when we understand how this thing works, and you don't, you don't understand that by theory or hearing somebody teach it, like it goes through experience, right? And, and so you can't buy that. You can't buy these lessons. You can't buy the journey of a of a high dosage psilocybin journey and then you come back understanding that time is an illusion and all you have is the now moment and then it rings even more true when you hear jesus say be anxious for nothing don't worry about tomorrow we hear it all the time oh yeah i'm just in the moment i'm the dude when you go to a place beyond space and time when God takes you there, hold your hand and brings you there. Those words of Jesus 
The words of Apostle Paul saying, I was caught up into the third heaven and I witnessed things that it isn't even permissible for men to repeat. I heard, I heard the languages of angels. Like that stuff means a lot more to me now when I just read over those things. We've been to those places. And you can, you can, you can achieve it through trance state meditation. It's a lot of work. You, you, you can, you can be, you can get there. And, that, and it's just to be mindful, to understand time. Time is an illusion. We don't have tomorrow. Tomorrow's not promised. We, we don't have yesterday. We have this moment right now, this space, this time. And that, like you said, is the message that is, is coming through. So to make the best of it, don't wait for your next life. I mean, there's people who teach that philosophy and they, they well, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it right next time. Or man, we only have today. And so the urgency, because we're on autopilot, that's what I've termed it, autopilot of in our jobs, the monotony, get up, drink your coffee, go to work, come home. I'm tired. I can't be alert to these conversations. I can't, I can't, I don't have the strength to play with my kid. Maybe I will tomorrow. Maybe I will tomorrow, right? Maybe I'll do it tomorrow. But to understand that we, we're not promised tomorrow. And I think if any lesson, not to, yeah, I heard it, tomorrow's not promised, but to experience the only moment that we have, the now moment, man, it's just, uh, it, it, it was life changing. And so, no, I don't think everybody has to go on a psilocybin mushroom journey. I think that we went on there, we, we went on those journeys and we bring back the knowledge and information. Just like, I don't think everybody um, has to be possessed with demons to know not to play with witchcraft. So you, I come back, I tell my story. It's like, I don't think that everybody should be dealing with binge eating or think that they, that it's okay that if you eat, then the pain will go away or you, you, it makes you feel better. No, you deal with Drew, listen to Drew's story. He's coming back with some knowledge. He's coming back with some answers. And to say all that, to say our journeys started in a similar place and we're, we're still on a similar place as far as the journey is unfolding from where we were of me being a, a, a truck driver who was tired every day, getting up at sometimes 1230 in the morning to go to work. And I had worked what? seven hours before my family even got up to start their day. Right. And, and, and to live like that. And I did that for 11 years, man. And I felt like I was, I felt miserable. Like the job was okay as far as work, but as far as knowing what I was put here to do and the alchemist, the, the trance state, all of that stuff, it, 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 it gives you the, it lets you know the urgency that you don't have tomorrow to do it now. And so that's what we have to impart to you guys. Drew has helped many people on their road to walk in freedom. Drew has helped many people on their road to recovery, uh, whether it's weight loss, whether it's, it's, it's pursuing your dreams. And there is steps to take. It's more than just the encouraging words. We get encouraged, we get inspired, but then we have to start taking these steps. These steps, what are the steps to take? Well, it depends on where you are. So I, I love what, what Drew offers. He, he offers to people who um, not only are just overweight and obese, and he, he, ha he helps those people too, but those people who are having trouble getting over that, that, that obstacle, getting over that hurdle of dealing with addiction, 
dealing with loss, dealing with childhood trauma, to go back to to the point of pain, to, to minister forgiveness and walk in freedom of who God created them to be. And you, and you, you offer private sessions and stuff, man. And it's awesome that the freedom, and cause you, because you've worked with people who, who I know personally, and all I, all I can speak on is what you've done for me. And I, I had Jordan Maxwell on a couple of weeks ago, and I said I wouldn't be where I was today without this man, however much I agree or disagree with the man, right? There's, I don't agree with everything that God says, and I, <laughs> I catch hell for it. But I say the same thing. If it wasn't for Drew Gower, I wouldn't be here in, uh, in, in, in doing what I'm doing. I would be trying to be accepted by church people. I would not be myself. I wouldn't be confident in who I am and have the grace and empowerment to do that. I, man, I went back and forth so many times and Drew, Drew's seen it because I had Drew on the podcast probably a year ago now and uh, almost a, about a year ago. And we, we tried to cover these topics like from a Christian perspective. And uh, we tried to tell his story without going down that those roads too much right we couldn't tell the whole story we couldn't be true and drew have seen have seen me go back and forth to be okay with who i am and the person that god has made me so first of all man i thank you from the bottom of my heart for just empowering me with the grace to, to do it and i know you don't take credit for it it's just done out of friendship and i know i've inspired you and it's just mutual man but i i really mean that man thank you so much for that thank you man i appreciate it and i don't take that lightly um you know, it's funny, like, some of the best things in our lives, like, they're not thanks. And um, I'm, I'm so thankful, like, for the position that God's put me in, uh, for the things that I've overcome to be um, in a place to help people. And like you said, I'm not on a pedestal. I don't put myself in a situation that I feel like I'm better. Follow me. Uh, but I know what works. Yeah. Um, you know, like. And you know what you don't know, work, too. I mean, that's part of it. Yeah, if you lost, if, like if you're, you know, you're in a car and you're on a, on a road somewhere and you're lost, uh, you're going to stop and ask somebody who knows directions where yeah. to go. And uh, I feel like I could be at that place. Like I've been put in that position. Um, you know, I've helped uh, a lot of people overcome uh, different issues, uh, whether it be addiction, not just with food, um, but alcoholism, drug addiction, um, finding their, their, their main sole purpose in life. And look, you know what? Everybody works. Like we all got nine to fives. It's okay. Look, like, everybody's got a job, but you know what? Who you are is not what you do. And you know, you want to be a blessing. You want to be a healer. You want to be uh, whatever you want to be in life. Do it now. Like yeah. don't wait. You know, <laughs> second, look, second Timothy, you know, Paul's dying words to Timothy were come before winter. That's all he asked. What that pretty much means. What that pretty much means in context, like whatever you're going to do for God, whatever you're going to do in your life, do it now, do it in this present moment. Because like you said, we're not promised tomorrow. And, you know, your life, until you start treating your life as a platform, it's never going to be a platform. Until you start treating your life with some kind of integrity and some kind of character, like you're never going to reach those places. You know, you want to, the best way to possibly get somewhere is to act like you've been there before. And, you know, God's given you gifts. God's given you amazing things. Like be encouraged in that and do something about it. You know, you know how to get better over a certain situation or you know how to do something like be a help to others, like love yourself and love others because Christ first loved you. And there are like amazing things, amazing possibilities for your life. And I can go into detail, but there's a lot that's about to change in my future. Yeah. That just because of some of the things that I've walked through, 
uh, some of the weight loss, some of the things like that. There's a lot that's going to change yeah. with profession. There's a lot that's going to change financially for me as a yeah. person um, that anybody can achieve, anybody can attain, but it's going to take work. Yeah. You know, people say, well, I'm not motivated. Well, you know what? Motivation isn't going to get you there. I promise. Cause motivation will come and go just like night and day determination, discipline, like that's, what's going to last. And it'll last there longer than anything else. Well, yeah. I, and I don't want to go into much detail and I know you don't want to speak on anything prematurely, uh, but we're talking about the alchemist and, and what, you know, the thought I had to kind of tie in there is that you started out, you know, you read the book, the alchemist, you're seeing these, these, these signs and these synchronicities and things everywhere. You do DDP yoga. You see DDP coming to an event in your area. You're still, I think you were, I don't know how many pounds you were down, but you went to the, um, the event, you paid for the meet and greet, you met DDP, you told him your story, gave him a t-shirt, gave him a letter, and gave him, and, and just, you know, led with a prayer and left. And then some weeks later, he contacts you back, hey, Drew, your story is inspiring. I want to get you, I want to read your story on my uh, Halloween special, right? Yeah. So, as a, as a, you know, he did that, like, you know, right out a year ago. Uh, I want to I want to read your story on my special. He read it. It was beautiful. He gave you a shout out. Plug, plugged your vlog. You do fa- um, family vlogging and things too, documenting your day. He plugged that for you, um, and then contacts you some months after that, saying, "Look, we want to do a whole a whole featurette on you on your journey, your progress with DDP Yoga." So here you go reading the alchemist, getting to this place that you're, that you're, you're on, you're following God, you're following the signs. You, you step out in faith, you go see DDP. He features you. Now he wants to do a whole featurette on you. And even there's some things open in the future. Like I said, we're not going to speak on, but really uh, awesome promising things in the future to work with DDP in some shape or form. And that right there is about embracing the now moment and, and putting it out there into the atmosphere, speaking it, creating it, and making something happen. So this is the secret behind the secret. This is the magic behind the alchemist. Because the whole thing about this, about and you guys know I talk about this all the time, spirituality, drug encounters, psilocybin, meditation, none of that means anything if you're not able to bring it into the physical reality. It doesn't, if it doesn't make you a better husband, a better coworker, a better friend, a better uncle, a better father, if it doesn't make you a, a better person, I can really care less about your spirituality or your church doctrine for that matter. If, if it's not impacting the people's lives around you in a positive way, if you're not making their walk a little bit lighter, if you're not helping them bear their burdens, as the scripture says, I don't want to hear about it. If you're just judging, pointing uh, point out the flaws and stuff. And there's many people there and many paths, whether you're into religion or not, like these people are there. So, um, just, so just, I mean, I guess we're coming up on the end of the show, man. Talk a little bit about your website and what you offer people for who, who may be in any of those boats. Like I said, the obesity, the addictions, whether they're food, whether they're pornography addictions, whether they're drug addictions or whatever you, you've helped many people on, on their road and their walk. So, Talk a little bit about what you offer, man. Absolutely. So in the beginning of this journey, um, I started a movement called Hashtag No Days Off. Um, 
I started it as more of an idea, um, something that anybody can relate to, um, whether it be weight loss, following your dreams, overcoming addiction, uh, being a difference to other people in their life, being a difference in your own life. Um, I started uh, a movement just with an idea um, that whatever I was going to go after, and I knew at the time, you know, for me, it was changing just everything about my life. Um, I was going to do it with no days off. Um, at the time, it was just something funny. And then it became something, and then it became something bigger. And um, over the past year and a half, it's changed completely. Uh, but now it's going to reach people's lives, and it already has, and it will continue to. Um, it is my life's mission. I have an extreme burden for people, for where they're at, for where they were, for where they're going. Uh, it doesn't have to be about morbidly obese you know, yeah. people. It doesn't have to be about any of that kind of stuff. Uh, although I do feel a calling to those type of situations. That's yeah. where I was. People that want something better in their life. People that are always tired, always sick. Um, whatever it might be. Like, I have a burden for those people. And uh, I don't want any kind of, uh, uh, you know, nothing like dressed up or anything like that. I want to meet you where you're at. I want to fix the problem. I don't want to fix like, hey, let's do this workout and lose some weight. Like, <laughs> hey, let's, 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 let's fix your life. That's all ultimately what's going to last. You know, um, I do free consultations, um, find out even exactly where you're at. Um, the first consultation we'll do, we will uh, set you a game plan for the rest of your life, uh, whether it be uh, a strict uh, nutrition, nutritious food diet, um, a workout regimen, um, your daily goals, weekly goals, monthly goals, yearly goals, where do you want to be the next year? Where do you want to be in the next five years? Because all of these big things that I'm speaking of were all asked to me and I had to answer every one of them. And guess what? Every single one of them I've met. And, mm-hmm. and, and I continue to meet. Like I'm meeting goals now that I didn't even have in the back of my mind before. Yeah. And um, it's all just a, uh, <sighs> It's really just a gift. It's a victory. It is something that comes at the end of a long, a long hard road of just hard work, endurance, and a, a never quit, never give up attitude. Um, I am helping people um, daily. I uh, encourage people around me all the time, and you know, people have good intentions. I have something inside of me that will not let me quit. There is a burning desire in me to push and to keep going. And um, I can speak about it all day long and I can tell other people about all day long about how great things could be. But my goal is for you to feel that same burden, that same desire for you to really, really want change. Because until you feel that, then my words for you will never mean anything. Um, I wanna be an encouragement, a support and an accountability partner for you and whatever you feel like you're going through, whatever you feel like is so big in your life that it's hard to overcome. Because I promise you, it's not. Anything is possible if you're willing to work for it. Yeah. That's what the scripture says essentially, right? All things are possible for them that believe. And sometimes we need help believing. Sometimes we need that extra push or that person who's willing to get down in the trenches with us. That's why we're here, man. That's why we do what we do. So all of you guys who want to check out Drew's work, Drew's story, head on over to DrewGower.com, and he's available for private sessions there, free consultations, and uh, just just talk with the man, uh, understand his passion, and he's helped a lot of people in their road to recovery and obtaining their dreams. That's really what it's about. I'm 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 with you, man. I wanted it. it, I have a burden to see people. 
do what God put them here to do. And, uh, and, 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 it, and I was going to tell you at the beginning, it takes um, a lot for us to understand that some, many people are even like pushing, pushing the buttons at the job and, and, and boxing items or bagging groceries. Like some people are called, called to do, do that. And they are doing that. And uh, my wife checks me on that all the time. And, uh, but some, some people are in those nine to fives and they're right where they need to be right there, you know, right where they want to be. But those of you who are listening to this, and you're saying, I was made for more. I'm meant for more. I don't see a way out, but I want to, I have dreams and visions and I've, I've given up on them and I want to reclaim those dreams. www.drewgower.com. Y'all head over there and check him out. And uh, we're here to help. I thank you guys for checking us out. Um, everybody holding us down in the chat room. Um, Adam Starcy, brother, thank you for supporting um through Patreon, brother. I gave you a shout out at the beginning if you wasn't here, but thank you so much for that. Like it, it really means a lot that you guys believe in the work and what we're doing here. Um, so with that being said, you guys, I'm going to say peace and shalom. If you want to support, head on over to patreon.com backslash truth seeker and uh, sign up at any level. So peace, peace. Out. I love you guys. Shalom, shalom. Dude, hold on one second. I'm fighting some piss right now. <laughs> hold on. Okay, go ahead. I gotta go to the bathroom. Go on. One
Camden all the time, so I didn't know which one to <laughs> My sister calls me Cam Cam or Camera. Camera. He calls you Camden, but I know that's not your name. You're Jesus. That's who you are now. That's so, what my... I think I think that Maya called you that, didn't she? Yep. Yeah, you were telling her too. Yeah. <laughs> When she was a baby, I was, yeah, I think I was telling her, like, call Jesus. Jesus! <laughs> and I just went to school, like, okay. Friday. Go play Call of Duty. Oh, seriously. <laughs> Go. I'm watching TV now. Bro, we're going to make some stuff happen. Oh, yeah. We are. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. Jeez. Knock you out. Hey, man. We, hey. Oh. Hey, man. We, hey, man. When you getting tatted up? <laughs> man, I wanna. Like, my dad would disown me if I did, though. I see, him, I, see him, like, I see him like every weekend. I had a friend tell me that, and literally, she passed away like a week later. Who? Really? Like, oh, see, I would do this. I would do that. You know, I would wear the. I would, just, I would just do it all up. Yeah, like mine, like mine. Yeah, my, yeah, yeah, like that. That's what I told her though. I said, life's too short. If you want to do it, just do it. I do, I do. It's funny though. It's just <laughs> out of everything, my dad just doesn't want me to get a tattoo. Like drugs, alcohol, he doesn't care. He doesn't want me to get a tattoo. That's <laughs> how her mom is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bro, for real. You're bothering, kid. You're bothering me. Go. Go. Goodbye. Jesus Christ. Goodbye, Cam. Yeah, I kept trying to tie it back to the alchemist and stuff in the magic and stuff just because I mean, that's what we kind of, kind of titled it and wanted to. No, I liked it. No, it was try to, You know, try to spiritualize it and stuff. No, it's very tasteful. I liked it. Um, I feel like I rambled a little too much, but I think it, I think it was all I right. To, when we, I mean, there were some parts of you and me, but I mean, that just happens, and then it happens, you know. And then not long, I think we, you know, if we went on for a minute or two, we kind of brought it back. So. I want to see um, Trevor Hall in November. Oh really? He's coming. Uh, he's coming close to here. He's coming to Atlanta. Oh, okay. Corey, Corey tagged me wanting to go, but we got so much stuff coming up the next two months, and so I don't think we're gonna be able to go. I'm about to go. Yeah, I um, I don't know if I told you, Dylan actually messaged me this morning and said that uh, that video is gonna be out like probably the end of the month or early uh, October. But he's like, I get to see your beautiful face every day because I guess he's been, he's been editing it for like three weeks now. Yeah. What's up? Yeah, I was gonna tell you, man. Um, we need to, when you can. I know it's not easy, but we need to get you a good camera, even a good setup, whether it's a webcam or a 4K handy cam. But to start doing um, little. Um, just little segments and stuff. I know you tie a lot of stuff into the into the vlog, but right. to do some things that get people to the vlog first, you know, 
like whether it's a just like a little teaching like i don't know if you've seen mine i got one where i did it's called uh is meditation demonic um i sat down and just did it but this will i record from here but just to have you a, a, a place set up a little area with a, a nice backdrop uh a really hd cam you need a good hd camera um right. i mean the camera you have now is good for what you got but to to really put out like killer quality uh to take that to the next level get you a nice light um what do you suggest what do you i mean do you know anything about vlog cameras like what do you suggest i don't know about the vlog cameras i know a lot of people are using like the the 4k stuff but um i mean i mean i mean not even really vlogging you know because kind of just more like uh more of like a teaching teaching, like like a teaching yeah like anything like yeah whether in uh, cause I mean, that's going to allow you to get clients too and kind of, and kind of, and kind of build up yourself as a, uh, as a, as a teacher, you know, I mean, people wouldn't are going to pay kind of a form of a vlog though. Like, wouldn't that be kind of a form of a vlog? No, well, the, <laughs> it wouldn't really be called, I mean, vlogging now is you walking around town with the camera. Hey, this is my daily vlog. I'm going to go to the store, you know, that type of deal. But, uh, um, that would just be just like little just videos or whatever, I guess. But, um, that uh, so you can you know because people are you got so you, you essentially you have to take advantage of the SEO on on YouTube and Google as well because Google and YouTube are affiliated you put these on your website too but questions that people ask you or questions that you think you think up in your head or questions that you've you've asked and you got the answers for now to do a video on them you know and uh, and so and it's going to help organic searches come through because if people don't know who you are i mean the vlogging's i I think the vlogging's great because not not for promo i think the vlogging is great for your family and for you to actually see the progress and i hate that our our vlog stuff got deleted man like we have some beautiful family freaking it's like a a family photo album but a, a, a live version you know what i'm saying I hate that our stuff got deleted, man. Just little special things that we had going to the fair and going to swim in and stuff like that. But that's good for that. But as far as like on the business side of uh, trying to, to get out there a little bit, like um, maybe, you know, you could do it with, uh, you know, anything you could think of as much as you can think of, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, how to, how to overcome addiction. How, you know, how, I mean, I know that's, some of these are blatant or far out, but you can do like say, yeah, how to overcome binge eating and they click it and you're like, Hey, the problem is not binge eating. It's deeper. What are you trying to right. suppress? What are you trying to uh soothe, you know? Would I do that on the same channel, you think, or would I Yeah, just do it on the, I'd say do it on the same channel. Okay. I'd say do it on the same yeah, channel. Definitely. Makes sense. Because it's it's you. And um but but I but Oh Lord, <laughs> but uh, to do it to where it's gonna look good, like really good, um, cause that's what you know, quality is gonna catch them and keep them, you know, um, cause we can all pull out our cell phone and do it, and that's good, but um, right. but like have the, the a light in front of you and a good backdrop and stuff, and and then plug, and then you know, it ain't even gotta be nothing long, and then plug your uh, your site and stuff in it. I mean, you can start with what you what you have now, though. You can, you know, what I'm saying. So, don't don't wait, but just, pra- you know, try to get the quality up better, because um, the quality's actually, not bad. But we actually got a um, uh, 
we got a, a credit card for Best Buy, and I was actually looking to get a new vlog camera, but mm-hmm. um, I'm not—I wasn't sure what to get or whatever. I well, the web—I mean, your webcam's not bad. It's not bad. Um, this one right here? Yeah. Oh, it's okay. on your computer? Yeah, it's just on the computer. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, Way better than a lot of people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to see you start doing some of that, just trying to get your name out there and get organic people in versus like, hey, have you seen my, you know, you're kind of dependent on um, people sharing your stuff and stuff like that. But um, people are going to find you through DDP and through me and stuff. But um, to kind of have, you know, your thing to kind of expand it and the organic searches is what you want. Well, people don't know you, they find you, and now they're a fan versus, yeah, I heard, heard of you. Like if they were going to look for binge eating on YouTube or if they were going to look for... That's why I use those words, the alchemist and magic and, and hallucinations. You know, like people are searching true hallucination. That's a, a Terrence McKenna documentary. And um, oh, really? so, you know, just using those words so that when people are looking that stuff up, then they see our video and they click it and then you catch them and, uh, and now they're fans type deal. I mean, that's, that's essentially why I interview big people who even I don't agree with. I have them on my show. Dude, I've made almost 200 bucks on the, on the Jordan Maxwell interview and like in tons of subscribers from talking to him. And you can even expand your reach as far as that goes too, as far as maybe even doing your own interviews or talking to entrepreneurs and stuff like that. You know, people who are doing what they love to do, you have them on, but then you plug your stuff at the end, you know? I'm proud of you, bro. I wanted to tell you that, like, I know it's probably a daily decision or a daily struggle to make that conscious effort to keep doing what you're doing, but you got a lot of people that believe in you, man, for real. Oh, yeah. I'm, uh... Sometimes you, uh, sometimes you walk into that next stage of your life, but sometimes you're pushed, but either way, you got there. Mm Mm-hmm. We're there. We're there. It was cool for us because God was preparing us for it for so many months before that I mean, it was a surprise, but we knew something big was going to happen. We just didn't know what. So. We thought she was going to lose her job. Yeah. Right. And so we're just trying to get you ready for that. And then all of a sudden I get fired out the blue. And, I mean, um, crazy things happen, man. I mean, I'm the, only oh, yeah. working, I'm the only one working now at our house. But, yeah. like, for whatever reason, you know, we were both working and we weren't getting any richer. Now she's not working and we're pretty much still the same. <laughs> I hope I, I think that's where we are. I don't look at the bills and, and stuff, but I think I feel like that's where we're still in the same spot. I don't well, know. Just, you know, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like, you know, we have to. You know, it's a daily conscious effort, daily struggle, like just to commit to what we're doing now. But I'm. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.